Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Building Christian Fellowship. It's, What's going it's on? Oh, I am so out of it right now. Good evening. Good evening, Building Christian Fellowship. I can tell you, that's been a long, that long of a day. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Good evening, Building Christian Fellowship. Everybody's here in the building and everyone that is at home watching on the YouTubes and Facebooks. Um, welcome to Rightly Dividing the Word Bible Study. I am not Pastor Donald, even though I'm big and wearing a black shirt. My name is Pastor JR, and this is my beautiful wife. Erica. Pastor Erica, we are both the youth pastors here at the Building Christian Fellowship. If you have a teenager that is anywhere between the 7th and 12th grade, send them to us on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Now, with that being said, before we go into anything else, let's open up in a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here this evening. Thank you for everyone joining online, Lord God. We just um, we ask that you bless each and every person um, with knowledge and understanding of who you are tonight, God. Lord, as we rightly divide your word, God, give us clarity, give us understanding, Lord, and give us a greater knowledge of who you are in our lives, God. We uh, ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, over the last couple of weeks, uh, if you haven't been paying attention, first and foremost, what you've been doing, Tuesday night should be the night that you really get to dig deep into the word. Man, you don't eat once a day. You shouldn't be reading your word only once a week. You hear what I'm saying? So it's important that you get into the living word and eat that living bread as well. But with that being said, over the past couple of weeks, our teaching pastor, Pastor Donald, give it up for Pastor Donald real quick. Woo woo. <laughs> Funny. Uh, pastor Donald had uh, brought us into the book of John. And, and what a great place to start off if you're new to the Bible, if you're new to reading the Bible. Um, a great place to start off to get to know the basics and the very foundation of what the Bible is about. Now, tonight, we're already on John chapter 20. Seems like this time is flying by. Um, if you missed any of the prior uh, journey through John's, I encourage you, go on YouTube, uh, go on Facebook, look through the archives and look it up. Uh, we're also on, here's a secret hint that a lot of people don't know, we're on Vimeo.com too. That's where we do a lot of our streaming. Um, and, and if those of you guys don't really have the time to go on YouTube, don't make that an excuse either. We have a, uh, the Annex podcast that you can listen to. So if you're at home and you're getting some work done, or you're on your way to uh, uh, work and you're commuting, you can listen and drive. Make sure you subscribe. Just like our friends that Hank can say, we tell you how, you do it now. So make sure you subscribe to all platforms and everything like that. But um, I don't want to talk too much. But last week, Pastor Donald had, had taught and, and preached about John 19. And now in this particular point in the book of John, we reached sort of like, what was the correct term I was supposed to use, babe? Like, like the climax of the story, yes. the, the, the turning point of the story. If you guys are mm -hmm. in any point of like literary or literature and stuff like that, this is the very point and moment in which, you know, Jesus in chapter 19, Jesus had gave his life up for our benefit. Jesus had laid down his life for our sins. Right. And now... I know we celebrated Easter and Resurrection Sunday just a couple of weeks ago, but actually we're going to go over it again in John chapter 20. Um, Pastor Donald had brought along a lot of great points, just a lot of the parallels 
and the consistency and the themes uh, in the book of John. And, and one of the things that we should really kind of look at is with John's literary style, there were four different, there are four gospels. They're not different as if they, they tell completely different stories, but they're four different uh, points of view. Yeah, like vantage points. Mm-hmm. And so with John, a lot of his, uh, with his vantage point, he had a lot of uh, first person like, like, like stories. It wasn't right. just like he heard it through somebody. It wasn't like the book of Mark. If you guys don't know the book of Mark, he got most of the story from Peter. It wasn't a long game of telephone. Right. It wasn't that. It was literally John was there. When you read in the end of uh, John chapter 19, when Jesus was being crucified, that wasn't a secondhand story. John was there. Jesus spoke to John right. and Jesus' mother saying, uh, uh, mother, this is your son. Son, this is your mother. So John was rolling tough with Jesus the whole time, right? Yeah. So as we begin in John chapter 20, um, as my wife and I have been in our studies, there are four <laughs> particular points that I want us to focus on when we're reading this passage or this chapter in scripture. These are the four points. Y'all ready? The first one being assurance. Assurance. This is one of the things that we see in John chapter 20 is assurance. The second is a mission. Jesus gives his apostles and his followers a mission for them to follow now that he has been risen from the dead and now things uh, need to get going for the church to be started. Mm -hmm. The next thing is the Holy Spirit. You know, without the Spirit, we can't do nothing. Without the right. Spirit, we're not able to decipher the words that are in God's uh, living, living uh, book of life. And, and the last thing we want to look at is authority. So that's assurance, mission, Holy Spirit, and authority. So I encourage you guys, this is Bible study. Now is not the time for you to just be sitting and watching. I hope you guys have a physical Bible. Physical Bibles don't get notifications, right? Facts. Physical Bible, get your physical Bible. If you don't have one, don't make that your excuse. If you don't have physical Bible, download it on your phone. Do whatever you need to do. But in the meantime, we got it up on the Sky Bible. We'll have it up on your screens at home. All right. So we're going to start with the first portion of Scripture. And it says, uh, John chapter 20, verse 1 says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloth lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead, then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Now, there's a lot to unpack there just in that first portion of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, like we had said again, literary style. Uh, some, obviously, some of the portion John wasn't there for, he had referred to this lady named Mary Magdalene. Right. So can you give us a little background on who Mary Magdalene was? So Mary Magdalene was oh, obviously a woman, and she <laughs> hung out with Jesus and the disciples. She was one of those people who, you know, who followed Jesus, but she was also known 
for doing something pretty incredible. And that was washing Jesus's feet with her hair, pouring a perfume on Jesus. And um, it speaks, and the reason why we bring her up, and I, and I think it's important to, to talk about Mary Magdalene, is because she wasn't just some random disciple who was just there, you know? She had been around. She stuck with the disciples. She stuck with following Jesus. Even during the crucifixion. Even during the crucifixion. She was there the whole time. And um, for her to even think about, as, as a lady, as a lady, I'm not putting my hair in dirt. Real talk, I'm not. Why? Because then I have to wash it, and it, it's just a task. But your hair in the Bible is, is your crown. It's your crown of glory. And to defile it in such a way that you're wiping someone's feet with your hair, I don't even like my daughter putting her feet on my head. But she, but she took the position got down on her hands and knees and wiped Jesus' feet with her hair. Not only that, but she sprayed her most valuable perfume, not sprayed, but poured it, because they had it in jars at that time, and poured it over her, over him, I'm sorry. And what that, what that says to me is she was willing to give everything. She, she gave everything to Jesus, to, to, to following Jesus, to, to following his, his way, his calling, and recognized who he was, that he wasn't just, you know, old Joe Blow, just a random teacher, but he was the master. He was the Messiah. He was someone worth following. And that's really important. There's going to be a portion of scripture a little bit later. Uh, just keep this, keep a pin in this like mentally, but there's going to be a portion of scripture later where she uses a particular term for Jesus when she recognizes who he is. And it's not like it's a regular, just old term. This is something of like, ultimate reverence, ultimate endearment, just a little quick plug. If you guys haven't heard Pastor Kaya's message from Sunday, I encourage you to go back oh, and listen, listen to it, to uh, where she's talking about the difference between, you know, uh, basically kind of understanding, I, I know that Jesus guy, you know, yeah, Jesus from, from, from Nazareth, I know that guy, and actually recognizing from him for what he came for, who right. he is, not just being the Messiah that they thought him to be, but actually being the Messiah that came to save them from their sin. Right. And so what a better example, uh, you know, of her who denied herself of, you know, her uh, what people thought about her, uh, uh, the things that may have come against her, because Mary didn't live a perfect life before she met Jesus. Right. And yet she still took the time out to uh, lay down her life and sacrifice herself for the, uh, the glory of the, uh, the kingdom. But another thing, too, when it comes to the book of John, a lot of times he's not going to refer to himself as John. Like he's not just going to say and John did. He's going to call himself the, the disciple whom Jesus loved or the beloved disciple. Like, it's funny because a lot of like theologians and like commentaries we've read has been like, you know, John was so humble, so humble that he like referred to himself as, you know, the, the beloved disciple, like the or favorite the disciple. Other disciple. Right, right. And so with that being said, there's a particular part in uh, this, this part of scripture. We got a lot more to go over. Hopefully we get it done. If we don't, I already know Pastor Donald got a handle on it. But, um, Let's, let's go back to verse 8, where it says, Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. Mm -hmm. For as yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Now, I, 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 we were trying our best to like try to figure out, like, okay, what does that mean for they did not know the scripture? 
John had, like we said before, John had been there the whole time. Right. John had saw the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. John was here right now to be one of the first people to, where's Jesus at? In this portion, from from what we've collected and what we've understood is that because John had this relationship with Jesus, because John trusted in the word that came out of Jesus' mouth, that when Jesus had talked about all those times earlier in the book of John, earlier in their relationship, where he had said, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to die. And, and, and I'm going to end up coming back. When he talks about earlier in scripture, where he says, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. Mm-hmm. Where he's referring to, not to the actual temple, but he's referring to his body. And so in that particular portion of scripture, it gives us like this little green light, this little like, hey, pay attention here. This gives us like a, a good thing to follow is that although John may have not got the confirmation yet, because he trusts in God's word, because he trusts in, in a word that never fails, he's like, okay, I see something happening here. And it's, it's building this faith that's in him. And there are many times in lives that there are things in our lives that seem like they're little, that seem like they're like, oh, well, Jesus' body is, 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 is been taken. Somebody must have stole it. You know, I, I truly believe when you look at that word believe, it's one of my favorite words in the Bible because in the Greek, the word is pisteo, which literally means uh, to be convinced of. Like, I'm convinced that what this Jesus said is true. That he said if he's going to die and be rose from the dead, then something is happening right here that is pointing me back to what he said. But and yet, although they, when you look at the verse 9 in the New King James Version, it says, for as they did not know, know the scripture, it wasn't the fact that they didn't know the scripture at all. They just didn't know how to apply it to the situation. No context. They had no context. So basically, it's almost like, you come into church hearing Pastor John and Pastor Donald and Pastor Jenny and all the other pastors that teach here's preaching you the word, giving you the word, and you're not making the connection in your actual life. So it's important that like not only do we just believe in, in God's word as just being something good or good advice, but we believe God's word is something that is true, Amen. something that is actually applicable to our lives. Like this isn't just, uh, uh, Jesus just doesn't give us a bunch of commands that will lead to a better life. He, he, he gives us a, a command that leads us to everlasting life. Amen. So this isn't just a better circumstance. It's the best circumstance. And so as we move on in scripture, it says, then the disciples went away again to their homes. I'll take this next portion. You got it? All right, cool. He said, stop. She said, stop talking. Just <laughs> shit up. No. John 20, verse 11. But Mary stood outside the tomb, outside by the tomb, weeping, and as she wept, she stood down, or she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken my, G- my Lord, <laughs> my Jesus, and I do not know where they have laid him. But when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned around and said to him, Rabbani, which is to say teacher. 
Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. That's huge. It's crazy. Yeah. It's interesting. There's this like video going right now that's like kind of viral. I don't know who the guy is. Black guy has like a beard. I think he had like a beanie on or something. Mm -hmm. But it's going on TikTok. I don't have a TikTok, so I get TikTok stuff late on Instagram, like probably weeks later. (laughs) But it was interesting that he was actually speaking to this point in John chapter 20, where basically he was saying, in a nutshell, what Jesus are you looking for? Right. Are you looking for a Jesus that's dead? Or are you looking for a Jesus that's been risen? Basically to say the point that, that like this is Jesus had showed up. Jesus had, had, had already been risen. Nobody stole his body. He wasn't still dead. But he had did exactly what he said. And yet Mary had missed it. Mary had missed out on, on, on the move of God that he was trying to do. Like, he, like she almost missed it. But when Jesus called to her and said, Mary, that's when she recognized his voice. What does the word say? My sheep will know me by my voice. Right. And, and, and we know from her characteristics that all of that during this particular portion of her life were like, I'm sure she had doubts. I'm sure she was probably in the position where she's like, you know, I, 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 I've been ride or die for, for my savior. I've been ride or die for my Lord and King. But right now seems shaky. There are going to be those moments in your life, and in your faith where things seem shaky. But, but don't, don't, don't doubt. Don't, don't, don't allow your, your faith to waver. That, that even during those shaky moments that you kind of have to have a moment where you kind of have to dig in and remind yourself of your foundation. Going back to that point of assurance, like we trust in a faithful God. We don't just trust in a God that is going to give us a word and it's not going to come to pass. That, 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 that God doesn't waste his breath. God doesn't waste any sentence. That basically when God says that he's going to do something, he's going to come through and do it. And so with that being said, going back to that point we had talked about earlier about Mary's relationship with God, or relationship with Jesus, rather, where Jesus said to her in verse 16, it says, Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned to him and said, Rabbani, which is to say, teacher. Now, has anybody ever heard the name rabbi before? Like, like, like the Hebrew teacher rabbi? Yeah. This is something that stuck out to us. You, wanted to, you want to expound on that a little bit? <laughs> So Mary says, Rabbani, trying to find it in my notes right quick. Jesus is usually, most teachers in the Jewish language are referred to as rabbi, correct? Meaning teacher. Now to add on rabbon means great teacher, right? Now to add on the I at the end basically is to say, you're not only just a teacher, You're not only just a great teacher, but you are now master. And so when she referred to him as Rabbani, she's referring to him as the greatest of all teachers, as the master teacher, right? So that's what that means. And that's basically putting into the point of this. If you understood the context of of like the Jewish culture during that time and the people that saw Jesus operate and do his miracles, there were many people that believe Jesus was the Messiah. Right. If, you, if you take a backtrack a little bit and think about Jesus' triumphant uh, 
uh, entry into Jerusalem, what were they what were they saying? Hosanna. They were praising him because their Messiah had shown up. But their definition of Messiah wasn't the right definition. Like, like Pastor Donald's been talking about over the past couple of weeks, they were looking for a Messiah to save them from their sins. They were looking for a king and a political leader. Right. They weren't looking for somebody that was going to give them the, the tools that they needed to uh, uh, save themselves for the long run. They were looking for somebody because, think about it, if you, if you think about the entirety of scripture, the entirety of the Bible, how many times has the Jewish people been put under captivity? Over and over and over and over again. A lot. And in this particular situation, them being under Roman captivity, they were thinking to themselves, okay, we know God has prophesied over us a, a savior and Messiah. And Pastor Don, uh, Donald had referenced a book, in, uh, uh, a chapter in Isaiah last week talking about the, um, the prophecy that was for Jesus' sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so basically to say all that, she's not just recognizing him as rabbi because other people called him rabbi. Nicodemus called him rabbi. But she recognized him exactly for who he is, not just as a man, but just like the book of John is out to, to, to say is this is 100% God and he was 100% man, that this is God wrapped in the flesh. Like she's like, I don't just recognize you as a good teacher. I recognize you as the savior that you have set out to be. Right. And I think to continue on with that, what Jesus says next is probably the most encapsulating thing and kind of rounds it all out. He says, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father. Don't hold on to me. This, this, this person, this body that you see right now will not be with you for, for the long haul. He's like, I'm not, I'm not meant to be here anymore. Now I'm going to a, a, a place and it goes back. I will prepare a place before you with my father in my father's house. And so when we talk about when Jesus says, I, I have not yet ascended, he's like, don't, don't, don't wait here for me. Don't, don't sit here with me in this, uh, at this tomb just waiting around crying. Hey, go, get the, go tell the disciples. Let them know that the time has come. And, and how, how beautiful of a picture it was that Mary Magdalene, person that didn't have a good background, mm-hmm. uh, a, a good quote-unquote good testimony, was one of the first people to deliver the gospel. Right. In the sense of not only this is who this is Jesus, but he has risen. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm going to tell everybody. So going back to those four points that we referenced earlier, when we're looking at assurance, mission, Holy Spirit, and authority, we look at the assurance as, okay, we can be rest assured that not only did Jesus say that he had to die, mm-hmm. that he was going to raise himself up in three days, which he just did. He proved it. He proved it, which gives us the assurance that he's a... Like, what's the Maverick City song? Man of your word? Not only do we see an assurance in this, in this chapter of scripture, but we see a mission that Jesus had to keep to. Mm-hmm. I love the way that pastor, and I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to I'm pump Pastor Donald up tonight, I guess. <laughs> but I love the way that he was talking about how even on the cross, even in the most anguish, Jesus stuck to his mission. Yeah. Even in the, the most uncomfortable positions, it's like, don't, don't forget about Looking at the entirety of the Gospels, if, if, if this cup can pass from me, yep. please let it pass. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. your will be done. Amen. Jesus is giving us like the, the, the 411. Jesus is giving us the tools on how to be a better servant. It's like, regardless of the situation, I got to stick to the mission at hand. And my mission at hand is my father's will. 
And so Jesus, Jesus had to explain to her, like, look, the work has been finished on the cross, but I got it's some more things yet. I need to do. Right. I still got to sin and go on the throne. So you want to keep reading scripture? What do you want to do? Verse 19. Want to rock, paper, scissors for it? Verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when, he had sent, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So now we hit assurance mm -hmm. even more so when Jesus enters and says, peace be with you, delivering a peace only Jesus can bring. He had a mission. He had came to do something. He had came to equip the disciples and even more, when we talk about mission-minded, he was equipping the church for what it needed to be, we needed to be doing. And then finally, he breathed the Holy Spirit into them. So with that being said, you know, I, when, I, when I hear this verse, and, you know, while we were studying, we were trying our best to stick to John 20 and not, like, hop around to a bunch of chapters. But sometimes, y'all know God is, like, downloading a bunch of scripture into you at the same time while you're reading this and, like, you're understanding the living word. But when I think about this passage of scripture, I think about, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, mm -hmm. but of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, when he's talking about that spirit, he's talking about his Holy Spirit. And there's a particular parallel that I want us to look at. And here's another Do Pastor Donald pump up. You guys ready? So I, I, I didn't even know this until I heard Pastor Donald say it. But when Pastor Donald was practically explaining the scene of the crucifixion. He was saying that artistically many times, and I don't know if it was PC or something like that, that they put a loincloth on him and that it realistically that Jesus could have been on the cross booty butt naked, like up on the cross. Because that wasn't meant to be a place for you to reserve your and keep your composure. That was a place to put you to complete and utter shame. And so... With him bearing that shame, with that kind of almost paralleling the, the imagery that we see in the book of Genesis, talking about when, when man fell, he was naked, but for order for man to be redeemed, he had to be naked too. With that parallel, I want us to look at this. When we look at John chapter 20, verses 22, it says, and when he said this, he breathed on them. I don't know about y'all. I know we're supposed to be holy, like, like, like Jesus is holy, but sometimes I read scripture and I'm like, that's awkward. He breathed on him? Like, hold on, hold on, Jesus. Holy Spirit, help me. Download this. Help. But there's something power, powerful when, when, when God breathes. When we look at that particular portion of scripture, when we looked at, and when he said this, he breathed on them. Here's, here's a little Bible nerd trivia. The only other time that that particular word breathed it's not ruah necessarily, but it's, it's emphasao, basically meaning he breathed life into them. Mm -hmm. Like he breathed almost purpose into them. The only other time that happened was in Genesis chapter 2, verses 7, when God breathed into the Adam and turned the dust into, into a living flesh. Right. And so what 
what a great parallel. How great of a God, you know, probably thousands of years apart for something to happen to be that consistent. That look, in order for me to give you this abundant life, I'm going to have to breathe into you again. In order for me to give you this life that I wanted you to have in the first place, like I created you with, I'm going to have to breathe life into these dead bones. Right. So it's like, Jesus, like in order for me to equip you, to give you the power to do what I called you to do and the mission that I called you to do, I got to give you the tools that you need. How are you going to lead people to life when you don't have it? How are you going to lead people to have better sight when you don't have sight yourself? How are you going to lead people to the light when you don't have the light? I'll talk all night, babe. <laughs> I'm trying not to. This is like our first time doing Bible study together. And like we're like trying to figure out the whole alley-oop. Like, now you take it. But we doing good. We doing good. You said all the things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll read the scripture. Now you do it. Okay. So now I feel bad. John chapter 20, verse 24. And we're moving on to good old Doubting Thomas. <laughs> doubting Tommy. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands and print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side. Bro, I had heck of requirements like... What do you need? Like, I need you to sign this paper, and I need to examine the signature and make sure that it's the same exact signature like this is. What's that show with the, with the pawn store? When they'll be saying stuff is fake? Pawn stars. Pawn stars. Unless I see the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said... <laughs> Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands. And reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Almost like that rabbi statement earlier that Mary said. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed I look at Thomas and I'm going how many times have we done that how many times as a Christian have I been Lord you know if, if it's you send me a sign Lord let this pebble drop to the left a hundred feet there and it's got to be a blue pebble God let it let a blue pebble drop 100 feet let it land on the shoe and I'll know it's you how often, how often are we like that? How often do we, do we trust or do we distrust that God has called us to something or that Jesus is in something or that someone, that our purpose is in God or that God is even real because we're just like, we're looking, looking for signs. We're looking for something to say, nope, nope, we can't, we can't disprove this because I touched it. I, I saw it with my own eyes, right? And I love what it says that towards the end of this scripture, it says, Thomas, you, because you have seen me, you have believed. Seeing is believing, right? But that's not what the Bible says. It says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 
So as, as Christians, to this day, none of us have seen Jesus. None of us. Not one of us can walk around and say, I saw him in the flesh. I saw him on the cross. Yet we still believe. Why? Because all of the things that Jesus has done, all the things that who he is and what, what we read about Jesus, uh, what God has done in our lives, you know, it speaks to, you know, our daily life. And we're like, there's no way. There's no way any of this is possible unless Jesus was in it. And blessed are those, blessed are you who have seen and yet have believed. So I thank God that I'm blessed for, not, for believing and not, and not having seen. Believing in things that I haven't seen. What is it, First, uh, 2 Timothy 1 and 7? Go ahead, preach. <laughs> you got to go. For faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Right? Hebrews. Oh, oh Hebrews. 12. Sorry. Hebrews 11 and 1. 12, oh, 12. And 1. 12 and 1. Sorry. I'm letting you go, babe. There we go. Go for it. Alley-oops. You know, it's cool. Um, but, you know, I feel like, I don't feel like, I, I know that because we as Christians, we, you know, there's, there's a doubting Thomas in all of us. Let's be real. There's a doubting Thomas in every single one of us. But the fact that we take that extra step, step of faith and say, you know what? I'm going to believe anyway. I'm going to look into the empty tomb and see, and see Jesus not there. And then go back and tell everybody, guys, Jesus is risen. That, that's my job as, as a Christian. Basically, if, if I can... Go ahead. Translate. Mm-hmm. It's how we have. I'll tell you that we were gonna have a regular conversation. Yep. But that's what I'm thinking about when I hear twenty and eight. Mm-hmm. When, like you had just referenced, John had got to the tomb, and he had said he went in first, and he said, and he also believed, saw, and also believed. Right. It's interesting. And it's, and it's important for us to realize this, is that what Jesus did was a long, 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 long time ago. But that doesn't dilute or make the word of God any less potent than it was back then. Exactly. So it's important for us to realize that even when he said it thousands and some odd years ago, that God's word is still faithful yesterday, today, and forevermore. And it's important for us to recognize, too, that, you know, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Mm-hmm. The more and more that we expose ourselves to the word of God, the more and more we allow the Holy Spirit to decipher what God is calling us to do and the mission he's calling us to is when we, we, we get to fulfill the purpose that God has called us to do is to lead people back to him in relationship, that, that he uses us as his arms and legs to lead people back into right standing with him. Like, now that we've come to an understanding and, the, and seen the evidence of a real God, we need to go to other people and say, hey, God is real. God, is, God is, does exactly what he says. That I, I know you might have your doubts. You said it yourself. Everybody has a little bit of doubt in Thomas in them. But even, even in the midst of you not thinking that there's evidence, there's evidence all around. Right. <laughs> Elevation song. The spirit of the Lord is here. But... um. We got a little bit of scripture. We're almost done, guys. Um, actually, did we miss something? Let me see. Oh, let's go back to 23. Sorry, guys. Let me, let me hop back to 23. I totally jumped over that. 
There's an important part that I want us to examine real quick before we get to these last two points of scripture. Just real quick. Huh? Just briefly? Just oh. real quick. In verse 23, this was a point of contention that me and my wife had went over. John chapter 20, verses 23, it says, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven of them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, I want us to, I want us to look at this in particular because there are many different like doctrines and theologies and theories that are false and that will lead you from the mission of Jesus. With that being said, this portion in scripture isn't saying that you are now little gods, that you have the power of salvation. I know this might seem basic to some people, but we have to speak the truth at any, at any uh, standpoint. I have to clarify it. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, to clarify. Yeah. I'm thinking that you're about to say something. My bad. See, we're learning. We're learning. But what that is saying is this, is like Jesus was giving them the blueprint and we talked about it earlier about him giving them the Holy Spirit and giving them the discernment and the power that they needed to fulfill the mission that he called them to. When he's saying, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they're retained. He's giving them the blueprint to salvation, basically saying, what I've done on the cross is what I did to forgive you guys. Now that you've come to this realization and understanding of what it is, I'm not saying that you have the power to, to, uh, to forgive people, uh, not forgive people of sins, but to, to save them. But the same power that I'm giving to forgive, I'm giving you to forgive. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to like mess it up at all. But basically, I don't want us to be kind of caught up in, there are so many religions that believe in Jesus, but don't have the right ideology with it. It's like, they know Jesus historically, but don't have the spirit, the Holy Spirit to help them understand who Jesus is. So it's important that we recognize that now that Jesus has given us the realization of what he's done on the cross and what he's done through his resurrection and him being on the throne, that we now can carry this message that he's given us to other people. So... As we wrap up <laughs> in verse 30, let's hop to 30. It says, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Amen. So that being said, let's hop back to our four points. We talked about assurance. We talked about mission, we talked about the Holy Spirit, and we talked about authority. Gross. Sorry. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that, that believing you may have life in his name. In this portion of scripture, in this one chapter, and, and in the book of John, it, 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 it so eloquently paints the picture of what our mission as believers is, on what the redemptive story of the Bible is, that we can be rest assured that Jesus, that God is a faithful God, that, that if we are to be Christ followers, that we don't just follow him by, by name, that we don't just call ourselves to be Christians just because we're in this social club and we go to a particular church or we belong to a particular group or we're in a particular ministry, but we're Christians by mission. Mm -hmm. We're Christians by what God has called us to do, and that's to fulfill the will of the Father. Not only are we Christians by mission, but we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit, 
We've been given the tools uh, by God in order to fulfill that mission. And finally, he gives us that authority that we talked about earlier in verse, what, 24, 23? About what this whole story is about. And so as we wrap up, what are some takeaways you think that people can get from John chapter 20? You just said them all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) When I look at assurance, for example, I look at... um, what, what, what assurance means is just giving proof by proof. They shall know me by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. And when I, when I hear that, we're, you, know, you, you eliminate the doubting Thomases. Why? Because if God can do it for me, he can do it for you, right? That's the proof. What God has done in my life is what he can do for you. The mission, I send you as my father has sent me. It parallels with the Great Commission, right? What are we supposed to do? I send you. What did Jesus do? Jesus served. Jesus went and grabbed disciples, and Jesus taught. That's what we're, that's what we're called to do as well. Jesus also breathed the Holy Spirit onto them. The, the same Holy Spirit that he breathed on the disciples is the same Holy Spirit that lives within you. And he gives us the authority. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a deacon. You don't have to be an evangelist by title. But as a Christian, you are given the authority to preach the gospel, to teach the gospel, and to create disciples. And you don't need one of these to do it. And you don't need a microphone to do that. (laughs) So those are the takeaways. So That's all I got. I mean. All right. So with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in, coming to Bible study. Let's give it up. for You did a great job. I'm, you're so dope. But um, <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> no, before we leave, before we leave, before we leave, um, listen, man, I encourage you guys, for those of you that are here in person, even for those of you at home, I know this is a difficult time right now. It's an uncomfortable time, but don't let you being at home make you miss out on the mission. That makes sense. Don't let circumstances make you miss out on the mission. You should still be connecting with, with, with the family. You should still be uh, 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 speaking the word of God and, 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 and be rest assured in the goodness and the faithfulness of God. With that being said, if you are sick and shut in, if you, have, uh, if you aren't coming out into public yet, we do have online meetups every Sunday at one o'clock online after the Zoom or after our live broadcast, there's a Zoom link in our comments every Sunday um, with the Melvins, and you can meet them there to have that community. Um, also, since we're on announcements, <laughs> Bibles and Bibles, Beauties, and Brunch, you can still sign up. These are ways that we're getting connected here at this at our church. Is Bibles, Beauties, and Brunch is a way for young for young ladies, older ladies, any lady from the ages of 12 and up to come out and commune together, to, to learn about one another, our differences, to celebrate those differences, to celebrate each other and have good food while we do it and receive a good word. You know, and so um, signups end May 17th. So that, that due date is coming up. The cost is only $25. You're not gonna wanna miss out. Right, that's, that's minuscule. Like, right. 
It's 25 bucks. Besides that, too, listen. Was it, what's, what's the date today? Today's the 11th? Mm-hmm. May 25th, asking, Ask the Elders is coming back up. Listen, I need y'all to go on social media, Instagram, uh, uh, Facebook, and flood the DMs, email the church at the building at, at tbcf.life. That's right. Wherever you can, email one of the pastors, email one of the elders, and ask some burning questions that have been on your heart. And if you have a hard time with all of those, you can write a, in the comments on a connection card and write out your question. We get it that way as well. Yeah, so in, in this season, man, we're, we're finding any and every way to get you connected at home, here at the church. We have a billion podcasts on <laughs> the NX podcast. We're on Apple. We're on we're on SoundCloud. Google. We're on... You say Hulu? Google. Oh, Google. <laughs> Google. Google. Uh, Google. <laughs> YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Vimeo. There's no excuse, man. Like, and I think we're kind of putting the shameless plug in because we're also the production leaders. But, <laughs> man, I'm encouraging. But look, there are so many opportunities that Jesus is trying to present himself to you. Right. Don't miss out on it. So, if that's me said, I'll close this out in prayer. Yep. And, uh... We'll go home. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, God, for your word. Uh, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that we hide it in our hearts that we might not sin against you, God. I'm praying that uh, Sundays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Mondays, whatever day that we congregate here at church or over the live stream, God, isn't the only time that we dig into your word, Lord. That we look at it for ourselves, Lord God, that we become hearers and doers of your word, God. And I'm just praying, Lord, that, that, that seeds may have been watered tonight, Lord God. Seeds may have been planted, God, but I'm praying that you get the increase in everyone's lives, Lord God. I'm praying that, that each and every person under the sound of my voice will be fruitful, Lord God, uh, um, um, that they bear fruit in their families and, and in their friend groups, Lord God. And I'm praying that that, that, that that Holy Spirit that you have given us, your Holy Spirit, God, that you empower us to do, the, you, do your will, God. You empower us to fulfill the mission that you have called us to, God, to be servants, Lord God, to, to deny ourselves and to pick up our cross and follow you, God. So I'm uh, asking all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go with God. Love you guys. See you Sunday or Thursday.